Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. How can you build something which has the potential to become a billion dollar business? In today's discussion, I speak with Evan Sohn, who is the CEO of Recruiter.com. Recruiter.com is a hiring platform that's disrupting the recruiting and staffing industry. He came across a website that had a great audience, but didn't have the platform and the products and services that could really maximize it. And he's been really working at this for the last couple of years to create something uh, rather special. Evan's a great interviewee. He's a he's a New Yorker. He speaks fast. He thinks fast. We have a great conversation and we cover a huge ground. We talk about the mistake most leaders make as they create a, a gap between vision on one hand and execution on the other. And it's hard for people to understand how to get from A to A to Z or A to Z. Uh, we talk about how we distinguish temptation from opportunity and the importance of doing that. The importance of creating KPIs that everybody understands uh, how they contribute to the corporate mission. And we also look at Evan as a leader. He's a passionate, high energy person. But what's the dark side of that? And how does that get in his way at times? This is a really interesting conversation. Evan has a lot of concepts and ideas that he throws into this conversation. So it's a really rich one. Uh, strap in for what's a fascinating conversation with Evan Sohn of Recruiter.com. Hi, Evan, and welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much, Richard, for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm really excited to have you on today. You are the chief executive of Recruiter.com, which seems to be uh, incredibly fast-growing and interesting uh, business disrupting the recruitment market. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, but I also want to scratch the surface and find out about your formula for creating impact. I know you founded your own business. You've, you've had a string of roles in different areas, and now you're leading up this, this very exciting uh, opportunity. So why don't we kind of just um, take a step back and give us a quick summary of like what's your journey been and, and how did you come into uh, this role as CEO of Recruiter.com? Sure. Uh, a little long-winded story. So uh, brace, brace yourself. Um, so I'm 54 years old. Um, I started my first company. I was a programmer through college, and I started my first company uh, right out of I was in NYU Business School um, in mobile computing. So 1989 mobile looks very different than mobile today, um, really? and uh, really professionalized the mobile application side of things. So we really uh, worked with some really just fantastic companies. American Express, Merck, uh, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Roche, Abbott, uh, TD Ameritrade, um, grew that company over a decade and got acquired by Dun & Bradstreet in 1998. Um, left there, was pulled out by a venture capital firm to come work in the security space, was there for a little bit. Uh, that eventually morphed into, uh, got acquired by Message Labs, uh, which was an antivirus, anti-spam provider, stayed there for a little bit. That company got acquired by Symantec. Then I went back into mobile. 
got acquired by Verifone in the payment space, spent about a decade in the payment space, left Verifone uh, after a bunch of years there and joined a Silicon Valley company called Point. Uh, Point uh, recently, about a year ago, got acquired by GoDaddy. Um, so other than my first company in the 89, I've really played more of a sales, uh, sales marketing, sales strategy, sales role um, in, uh, in these other companies. Um, so love the sales process, love the sales as- aspect of things. Um, and uh, about three years ago, I uh, was talking to uh, an investor, a friend of mine. Um, hey, I want to get involved in a public company and a small public company. I want to use my sort of background and experience to really move that uh, move that peanut forward. Um, he introduced me to a company that's now called Recruiter.com. Recruiter.com was a media company. Uh, you think of a destination site, media company, you know, it makes money selling sponsorships and advertising, right? That's kind of how you look at a media company. Um, but a media company had, you know, the largest LinkedIn groups in recruiters, 850,000 globally, 3.5 million social media touch points almost 50,000 Twitter followers, you know, um, really just uh, 42,000 recruiters on our platform alone, all these other things. And um, my thesis was, gee, let's now actually add software and turn these recruiters as an expert network for talent acquisition. Okay, uh, so you had really, the eyeballs, so you had the, you had the yeah, audience. I had the eyeballs and I'm like, let's turn this into a, uh, a an expert network. I love expert networks. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's turn an expert network for talent acquisition. Uh, and so, gee, we, we looked at the gig economy. And also, you know, I, I love, I've been involved in new industries and I've been involved in reinventing existing industries. Reinventing existing industries is actually much, much easier. Um, uh, Zoom is one of our clients. We didn't convince Zoom to spend money on talent acquisition. We're just convincing them to spend money with us. Uh, you, I looked at this industry from a financial perspective and you know, completely right for reinvention, right? It's a $76 billion, uh, and that was in 2017, it's probably more now, you know, huge industry uh, made up of thousands and thousands of thousands of small and independent recruiters on one side, you have all of the digital talent, you know, candidate identification led by guys like ZipRecruiter, Indeed, and LinkedIn. Um, but that segment alone is about a $26 billion space, and they're probably doing, let's say, three-something billion dollars so there are lots and lots of parties in this space um, and really just wanted to, you know, take our, take our, uh, capture our segment of that market. Um, yeah. So, so you saw an opportunity in that, right? To yeah, say there was a business that was underexploited because it had this massive reach, uh, yeah, but it yeah, hadn't got absolutely. the service and the differentiation. You know, I think the other thing, Richard, is that, you know, having been on the investor side a few times, um, every time you raise money, you would say to the investors, Hey, we're going to spend about 30 billion, 30% of that money on brand identity, right? Brand identity and lead generation. Well, mm. we're ready recruiter.com. Like we have that brand. Um, we, we, we get four and a half million dollars a month in organic traffic. So we get a ridiculous amount of organic traffic. We, we have this presence already. So the opportunity to not have to allocate dollars to actually brand brand building, it's actually, you know, a real a real serious asset for the company. Uh, you know, there are not many yeah. domain brand names out there. Mm. Um, you know, you think of booking.com and hotels.com and realtor.com. So there's recruiter.com. And I, I think there's uh, really just this great opportunity. And then to make the long story slightly longer, um, in, uh, in May of 20, so I first came on as chairman of the board, executive chairman of the board, raised a little bit of money, put things together. 
And then really in May of 2020, I sat down with the board of directors and I said, uh, you know, if you think about the shutdown stocks of Peloton and Netflix and DoorDash, gee, what's going to be a reopening stock? And uh, um, I said, look, when this whole pandemic is over, the job market's going to be an absolute disarray. And we're going to be there as Recruiter.com to really uh, reap the benefits, if you will, of helping companies hire better, stronger, faster. I had no idea of this disarray. Um, and, you know, I said, I'll put my money where my mouth is. And I quit my day job and I became CEO. The CEO moved over to become COO. Um, we raised some more money, hired a investment banker, and then we got on NASDAQ this past July. So we're, we are roughly, I think, eight months in on NASDAQ now um, and growing really nicely. Yeah, fantastic. And so if you look back at that career, it's really interesting, right? I mean, you, you create, you were an entrepreneur, you went to corporate, you had all sorts of transactions along the way. You, you identified recruiter.com, you got involved, you raised the money and then you became CEO. So it's a, it's a fantastic trajectory. Um, what's your secret sauce? Right. So if you identify one or, you know, one to three factors that have driven your impact, what would they be? Um, so my my secret sauce, good question, uh, is my my superpower. Right. So let's not say super. Let's use yeah. the word super, but is really getting excellent clarity on what's next. Right. So it, most people tend to focus on things that are 10 steps away. Now that's great and all, but that's not what's in front of your face. And it's a little salesy oriented, right? You know, go get the signature on the paper. Nothing else matters than getting the signature on the paper. Yeah. Don't talk. Doesn't matter about what's going to happen next and how we're going to delete. None of that matters, right? And I really learned that from some, from some very exciting salespeople mm. that I've, I've worked with. But, you know, business is the same. Get very good clarity on the priorities and really what's next in that priority, you know, what has to happen to get there? You know, I, I uh, early so in my career. So can I interrupt sorry, for yeah, a second? Yeah, I want to interrupt a second because I want I'm to make clear. I'm a New Yorker, Richard. You can interrupt me anytime you want. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have guessed that you're a New Yorker. No, just kidding. Yeah, there you go. Um, it comes out. Uh, fast so talking New Yorker. What I was going to, well, it's okay. I can out, out fast talk most people. So we'll see. Um, I always say that the brain is a broadband device and the mouth is there a narrowband device, right? It's really hard to get, <laughs> to get your mouth to keep up with your brain sometimes uh now i was going to say when you talked about what's next i thought you were talking around the seeing around we're, corners kind of thing yeah, like looking yeah, beyond like, the horizon but what i'm hearing is it's actually like what's the very next thing that we need to do to that's move right. The ball forward that's right, that right. right? so I'm, I'm actually really good at where the hockey puck is going that's the that's the u.s expression right yes. it's not where the hockey puck is where it's going that's an old wing wing gretzky yeah. mind um but i think that you know i've worked with ceos that would, you know, years ago, they would draw two circles on a line and go, see, I solved the problem, right? You know, you're at A, you're at stage A, everyone knows what stage Z looks like. It's global domination, you know, and it's a billion dollar valuation, right? So that's easy, right? Here's we are at A, there's the Z. The real challenge is really what does B look like? And how do you get yeah. to B? And then how do you get to C? Then how do you get to D? And, and by the way, the mistakes that we make along the way, in, in my, my mistakes, or that would jump too quickly. Mm. Gee, I, there was a stage B. I, I, I went from A to C. I really need to go to B. And just getting really good clarity on, on what's next and what's next and what's next. And by the way, you know, translate that really from a sales perspective, right? You know, there's a process in sales that's just incredibly pure. You made your presentation. The customer is interested. 
let's get, so what's next? Well, next is let's go get a, a formal contract in place. What's next? Let's review the contract. What's next? We're going to get their red line back. Now, you're not going to say, can I get the signature until you get a red line because everyone's going to red line something. You know, so, okay, we got your red lines. Great. Now let's schedule a quarter. So there's a, pro, there's a sales process, a repeatable process. Yeah. But all the business is like that. You know, what's next? What's next? And getting really good clarity on what's next. Yeah. So how do you do that? Like, what's, how do you, what's your thought process if you go into a new business or a new business unit or you're given a new challenge? How do you break that down? I'm just in, you know, curious to kind of get into the inside. That yeah. Point. Yeah. So I, I do what's called a, uh, I, I do, I, I do what I call an asset test, right? Your typical asset test was, you know, assets on one side, liabilities on the other. And I would, I would generally look at companies. I've been in a, in a number of like in situations, high growth, not just high growth, but like startup companies trying to conquer the world. And you basically write, here's what we are today. Here's what we want to be. And, you look at the gap there and then you have to, you know, do the real serious look in the mirror. You know, here's what we're selling and here's what we could deliver. Let's make sure we could deliver what we're selling uh, and really alignment there along the way and, and move that process along the way. Um, so that, that's really, you know, you just got to get really declaring what you got, what you are today and what you're going to be in the near future. Talking mm -hmm. about, you know, we talk about, okay, let's go charge recruiters you know, some sort of membership fee to be on the platform. Well, that makes a lot of sense when you have an incredibly good value proposition that will that they must have, like an Amazon Prime functionality or yeah. software that is just so easy to use or something that really makes sense there. So if you're not there today, stop talking about it, right? We'll get there, you know, we'll, we, we'll get there when we're ready, right? Uber doesn't charge the drivers to be on their platform, right? They make money for their drivers to be on the platform. Now, does one day Uber say, hey, look, we charge an extra dollar a month in order to do X, Y, and Z? Maybe, but that's not their problem today. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I, I think you have to get really good and, and honest with what you are. Um, and, and I think when I've run into CEOs, uh, you know, that, that and I, this is a real CEO show, really knowing what you are, not, right. not just the aspirational side of here's where we want to be, but really being identified that, you know, CEOs, we're all cheerleaders, Right. We're all consummate cheerleaders. We're pumping everybody up. We're telling everyone how amazing we are, you know, but at the same time, we've got to look and go, look, here's what our challenges are. And here's yeah. here are the areas that we need to improve. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people either they, they jump into the vision uh, and then they get frustrated that people don't know how to go from A to B uh, or those people are so stuck in the, you know, not to say CEOs, but, you know, people can be stuck in the present without sense of where we're going and I think you're right that ability right. to bridge the gap build those bridges I think is really what you're saying and have those phased approach of um yeah what's the capability it sounds like what's the capability that you need to build right yeah to move, you know to move it, things on a, a little more I had this phenomenal mentor in the 90s uh, sorry to early 2000s that really focused on KPIs you know what are your what are the the, the things that you're going to measure the most right? What are your biggest KPIs? Get mm -hmm. really good clarity on what those are. And then what are you doing to move those KPIs? And then every month, how are you doing? And what do you, what's the plan to adjust those KPIs? What's mm -hmm. the, you know, if it's how many new customers are you adding a month? Great. We want to be adding six new customers a month. How are we doing? What's the plan to do that, et cetera. Yeah. And when I look at a management team, for me, it's, you know, the more, you know, the more people that have one priority, the better, 
Mm. right? You know, if you have one thing that you're doing and one thing only, that's just incredible clarity, right? You're not yeah. going to get into this, you know, I call them the, the, the distractions, yeah. right? You want to minimize the distractions because you wake up a year later and you say to your subordinate, hey, what have you gotten done? And they go, well, look at all the distractions I had. I had a whole year's worth of distractions, right? And, and you know, yeah. the, but that's not what you're being measured on. Yeah. Right? I'm one one, the, so just, just to come in on that, I mean, one of the biggest yeah, things no, I totally see with one of the biggest things that I see with um, CEOs, yeah, well, leaders of all levels, actually, you know, is is they can create chaos in their organizations because they throw so many, they push, they get an idea, they throw it into the organization and it actually create, you know, it actually creates chaos and, and no yeah. momentum because people don't know where to focus and they feel everything is now a priority coming down from above. Um, and it really distracts people. I, I don't say there's a time for strategy and a time for execution, you know? So you need a time where you do wrestle with all those priorities, but then you also need a moment when you say, okay, lock and load for at least. Yeah, no, I agree. An expression I learned years ago from a CEO that I worked with, uh, one of the companies that, that acquired us, um, you know, the greatest, the, the greatest challenge for, let's call it a high growth company is to know the difference between a temptation and an opportunity. Right. Uh, you know, a, a temptation will kill you. An opportunity will thrill you, thrill you. And, mm. you know, that's the challenge. Is this a, is this an opportunity or is it a temptation? And the challenge as a CEO is that you, as you just said, Richard, you have so much control. You know, you could wake up, come into the office or a virtual office and mm. say, hey, look, folks, we're opening up a pizza store today. Everyone drop what you're doing. We're opening up a pizza store or, hey, we must get this article out. This is a new feature we must have. Yeah. Um and all of a sudden, everyone is, as you said, you're creating chaos. And, and what you want to teach your managers to do is to really, and I tell them all the time, like, guys, you know, I work for you more than you work for me. And what I really want you to do is to say, Evan, that's a great idea. It really, really is. But here are the three things that I've prioritized. All right. These are the three parts. Now, if you want me to add that as, a, as another priority, something else is going to have to give or it's going to have to wait. And mm. by the way, that is a great look. You know, you're not trying to ruin my energy, but at the same time, you're being realistic, right? You just yeah. can't do all things at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and it's really about prioritization. Yeah, it would it'd be fascinating, wouldn't it, if leaders actually almost assumed that everybody only had a capacity of three priorities, right? Rather than, oh, just add this to your list, you know, <laughs> and it's now done. Right, right, right. right. And by the way, it, it is frustrating, right? Because, you know, you had this great idea, you had this epiphany, and, you know, you want everyone motivated around it. But like, look, they have KPIs and, you know, I, I have a number of rules I, I live by. You know, one of them is, you know, never do anything you're not being measured against. Mm. Now, we always are doing things that we're not being measured against, but you're trying to avoid those. And so reality is if you're talking to your head of product, your product person is supposed to get product out the door. They're supposed to have a level, a level of bugs or a level of uh, 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 some, you know, five nines or whatever, whatever the functionality is. And so that's their, that is what you're measuring them on, not how many times they stopped what they were doing to answer your new yeah. idea, right? But, you know, there, there certainly is that balance there. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many places to go there. I want, I want to go back to temptation versus opportunity. How do you define you the go. difference? What's the difference between those? How would you know which is which? Um, it, it, it's hard, right? You know, so I would probably say it, it always, it, it, look, it's very situational. Um, is it in your core competence? Um, would you be acquired because of that? Is that going to drive shareholder value, right? Is that is that a core thing that someone is going to know, you know, is going to say, gee, 
Richard's now doing this. That makes sense. Uh, that those to me are the opportunities. The temptations are things that, gee, they they're sparkly and they smell really good and they they look really shiny. Let's go do that. Uh, now, by the way, sometimes temptations, you know, sparkly things are good if you're looking at a short term. But acknowledge that. Hey, Richard, I want to go down a detour because I need to do something for March that's different than what I want to do in April. But I'm just acknowledging that this is a you know, a sparkly one-off. Um, yeah. But that's it. You know, I always, I always look at, you know, we get called and ideas for different things. And I'm like, we're recruited.com. You know, we, we have the benefit, Richard. Yeah. Um, um, we know who our market is, right? Our yeah. market is we, we're recruited.com. We're a destination site for talent acquisition and all things recruiting, et cetera. So that's what we are. There are things that, that means that here's what we're not. We're not no recruiter. We're not doing mm-hmm. without a recruiter. We are recruiter.com. So I, I think that, you know, you have to be true to yourself of what you are uh, and, you know, not be afraid to say, gee, that works and that doesn't work. Hello, it's Richard here with a quick interlude. These conversations are all about upgrading how you think about creating impact. So here's a resource to help you do just that whilst staying fast and focused. The CEO's checklist for challenging times is a quick way to enhance your thinking and detect blind spots, even when things are moving incredibly fast and you're not sure what's going to happen next. You can get this powerful checklist of 17 world-class strategies by heading to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash challenging times checklist with a hyphen between each of those three last words. Now, back to the conversation. I love this this idea of I mean I love your focus on KPIs and keeping keeping focus and the idea of like one thing per person is is a strong one. My question is how do you how do you create collaboration and avoid silo mentality? Right, you've got your executive team. If everybody's focused on their own piece of this intercom, interdependent feedback system that is a business, yeah, you know, how do you create how do you get people pulling together? Uh, I, I am incredibly transparent about our corporate objectives. You know, so I sat down at the beginning of 21 uh, and I said, look, by the end of the year, we're going to get to, you know, uh, around $3 million of monthly revenue uh, per month. Uh, we're going to be up on NASDAQ with cash in the bank. Uh, and I want to have an understanding of what we need to do to hit profitability. Right. And that, you know, and build a great company where people want to work, you know, so get very good clarity on those things and make sure everyone understands how their piece fits into that. And so my priority is now, gee, if we're talking about if we're talking about scalable revenue, all right, well, how does that translate across the rest of the company? Who's involved in scalable revenue? Well, scalable revenue means not just that you're signing customers, so that's sales, but also means that you're not churning customers, and that's on the customer success side. Uh, margins and profitability are all about how good is your product, how much product, how many, how many hands, you know, do you need to hold the product? Well, the more, the fewer hands holding the product, the better your margins are going to be. So I think those things also relate to each other. I'm really just making sure everyone understands, you know, their role in the company. You know, what are you doing that is making a difference to the company itself? You know, what's your impact? What role are you, are you playing in there? And what I like to, you know, the other way I structure things is that the lower you get in the organization, the more clarity it should be. Right. So, you know, there's certain people you're going to go, look, they have one priority. You get to a certain level. All right. You're going to have two priorities, growth and churn, like mm. maximizing new business and, and keeping the churn down. Right. Because you're going to have two people yeah. that work for you. One who's focused on 
growth and one is going to put, you know, focus on limiting churn, you mm. know, so I think as you get higher and higher, higher up, you start to have those things. I, I balance for four primary priorities, right? So even I do that. I'm the, I'm the CEO. I, I'm entitled to actually balance those things. And then I get to decide, you know, what, what I'm working on, you know, how does it fit into those things? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm, I guess I'm curious because there's, for example, if you, in that case, the guy who's driving churn might, sorry, might driving growth, you know, might do might recruit a whole bunch of customers which who are which more suck. likely to churn, right? Who might yeah, that's right. Churn. And so, and therefore, that's there's right. a natural tension in this system. If you over-index on anything, you're going to create unwanted that, side effects. That's correct. And so, if you have your head of revenue who's really, hey, the more the fewer customers that churn, the easier it's going to be to grow your revenue. So the two are really the same, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't want to be on a mouse wheel. You got to just keep yeah. replacing the mouse because you're burning out the mouse. Um, and you know, I, I, I think the other thing that I really think about is problem identification, problem, uh, solving alternatives and problem resolution, mm. right? And so you have people in your company that can't identify this a problem, right? They have to be told that there's a problem. Uh, there are people that can identify a problem, but can't identify possible solutions and you have to help them navigate those solutions. You have people that could identify a problem, say, hey, look, I could either go choice A or B, what do you think? Uh, and then there are people who could foresee a problem coming. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I believe now that there's going to be a problem. Uh, yes. One of the things I learned in Silicon Valley that lives with me you know, every day is a, they have this expression, a trend starts with a single data point. Mm. You know, over here uh, out, on the, out on the east, uh, you know, a customer complains about something and we'll say, all right, let's see if it happens again. Maybe it was a one-off, let's wait, let's see what happens. On the West Coast, and certainly in Silicon Valley, it's, you know, if one, if one company complained, you should assume that 10,000 companies are going to complain. Yeah. And so it really lets you, going back to what you said before about the hockey puck, it really lets you identify, gee, is this a trend? And you, mm-hmm. you really get to identify that incredibly, incredibly, uh, incredibly early if you assume that everything that happens is a potential trend. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. A data point can be a trend and often it is because you get, you're getting one instance and you haven't seen all the other instances. That's right. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. And, and you have to say to yourself, gee, you know, uh, bring it back, bring it back to recruit.com. You know, we got called by a law firm, mm. small boutique law firm, probably 30 people in the company. They're like, Hey, we can't find, you know, we can't hire paralegals. And you're like, what? You know, you put an ad out and you get paralegals. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we wow. got a thousand of them through LinkedIn, but None of them were paralegals. <laughs> you know, people are just applying to jobs, applying because it's easy to apply. Yeah. And I'm pulling my hair out. What can I do? And we came up with this My Recruiter product, uh, which really is a subscription service specifically for com- you know SMB, so small companies. You get a, a talent advisor who works with you on what your hiring requirements are. They have full access to our AI software. You know, everything like that. But that all started with a single data point. Gee, this happened once. Let's see if we can actually replicate it. Yeah, yeah, really, really fascinating. So I want to just turn over the turn over um, the uh, the side of the coin. I like that, Rich. I got to plug my company. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Well, you know, from anyone who's uh, well, yeah, I, I would be uh, I'd be surprised if we didn't talk about it at some point in this conversation, Evan. <laughs> so that's good. Um, I want to I want to ask about the dark side, right? Um, yeah, what's the dark side of your or your strengths, right? Being this very numbers driven, focused, um, you know focusing on what's next, getting people laser focused, or, you know, all these things. What have been areas where, you know, you've... What do I, what do I suck at? Well, what have you what sucked at, I, perhaps? Yeah. Or, what do I suck uh, at? 
yeah, yeah so how, how, does that, how does that play out right yeah, yeah so my yeah my weakness is uh there are a few things one is i i'm a very 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 high energy uh passionate individual oh come and, on come on that sounds like something that you were your your candidates putting on their cvs you know my weakness no, no, is no, i no, try no, too no, hard no 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 yeah that's right too hard no and so when someone challenges my when someone wants to slow me up i my initial reaction is to get very very angry that's my initial reaction is to get like very very upset why are you trying to slow this up um you know i'm i'm bearing down the the highway and you're putting up you know speed bumps uh stop putting up speed bumps. stop being a naysayer uh come along for the ride etc so that's a little bit more on an emotional side but but actually i'm really not good at like, uh, I don't like uh, agree- legal agreements. I don't like, you know, really detailed paperwork. It's, yeah. it's the ADHD in me, you know, uh, that kicks in there. So, and again, it's, it's also a sales thing. You know, when I go in there and if I pitched you on something and, I'm, and you're, you're bought, you're done, I'm yeah. finished. I want to go on to the next one. I, I don't want to be now working through agreements and let's go on the red line. And, uh, you know, that just pulls my hair out. And what I, what, you know, I, I really follow... The, the the methodology even in the, in the inside the organization is you focus on people's strengths not on their weaknesses right you know so if, if richard's great at these five things and you're not mm-hmm. as great on these two things why would i want you to improve those two other mm-hmm. things let's just focus on the things you're great at and find other people to do the rest yeah. and so that's kind of my that's kind of my mo yeah that's um yeah, it's interesting. The I mean, there's the strength-based leadership thing. I mean, I think it's it's it is it is really important. I tend to say to people though, you know, it's like you need to be careful about the um, the saboteurs, right? You know, the things which trip you up, which undermine your influence. And yeah, so I always say if you put a bit of effort on those, just to make sure that they're not going to undermine all the good stuff, then you're free to kind of let rip. Yeah, on, on the yeah, that's right, that's right. You know, it's it's I've been involved in a number of nonprofits. I ran my kids' school for a while. I was the president there. You know, and I would always tell my kids, you know, there are two people, there are two types of people that are on boards, uh, those who want to move things forward and those who want to stop things from moving at all. Right. And, you know, that and they're just very, very binary. And I'm a very binary individual, you know, helping or hindering and et cetera. So you look at those things and it's like, you know, getting people along the way and, and getting buy in. Mm. Um, and I should probably do a better job getting buy-in along the way. It's, it'll probably serve the purpose better. So good, good lesson to self. So starting March. Uh, starting March 22, Evan will start get, doing a better job getting buying in. So thanks, Richard. Learned a lot. <laughs> Coming well, up with something good. Well, actually, let me. You, when you talked about getting angry when people try to slow you down, it reminded me of a story. One of my clients um, uh, has a you know it's a large, very large business in many countries, and, and he was leading a transformation initiative right, as CEO. And he came to me on one of our coaching sessions, and he said, you know, Richard, um, so and so on my team, you know, he. He's not with the program, you know, he's, everyone else is okay, is, you know, like with it. And this one person, they're like, just being negative, coming up with these reasons it's not going to work. They're not really engaged. And we kind of talked about it. And the conclusion actually was, you know what? Just made me realize he's actually the most engaged member of my executive team. Everybody else is easy to go. Yes, boss. Yeah. Right. But this guy, he's actually got the challenge, the, the courage to like actually come up to me and tell me and actually put issues on the table and um, so he went back and talked to this guy and he realized oh yeah actually he does want this thing to succeed he just does see a whole bunch of um issues right that he feels could come up and bite us bite us and you know cause it not to work and so 
he suddenly realized that this person he saw was a naysayer, like actually was a strength because it was like, well, he's actually motivated to make it work. And actually we can iron through some of the issues with my, my brilliant plan, you know, <laughs> perhaps there's no, an area not so brilliant. And I thought it was a fantastic turnaround to reposition yeah. this person he saw, thought was almost like, it's got to leave. He suddenly embraced him and, and has been really uh, getting value from that interaction. Yeah, you know, we have uh, three primary culture uh, sort of initiatives, uh, be human, be bold, and be an owner. Um, so take owner, take ownership of uh, your situation, problem mm. solve, own the situation, own the problem, um, be bold, uh, take, you know, take more shots on goal, try things. Uh, but also stand up to when you're not seeing that things are the right way, right? That's yeah. being bold, you know, tell yeah. Evan that, Hey, you're wrong, Evan, that's fine. Or, Hey, Evan, you shouldn't have said it that way, you know, uh, and you don't appreciate that there are certain ways to your tone, et cetera. And then be human, right? We're, we're all about people where we're in the people business. Uh, and so it, there is a, you know, at the end of the day here, we, we our, our fundamental belief is recruiting and talent acquisition is always about people, Right. No yeah. one comes to work for Richard without actually speaking to Richard. Bots, AI, all that other jazz. You know, you're not going to work at the company from the dishwasher to, to the chief product officer without actually speaking to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So perfect. Well, let's move on. Um, just for the sake of time, I want to hit, hit you with a few quick fire questions, which I'm sure you'll be good at, given uh, your quick fire way of working so first one is a favorite quote what's a quote that's really influenced you or is something that you live by uh quote that i live by um i have so i have so many so that that's the problem well, so, uh, mantra go, or something like that yeah you know i i would i was quoting a, an old ceo of mine ron brown who said you know the hardest thing is to know the difference between the temptation and opportunity I think that's a great quote, um, but I actually do a theme every week at the at our company All Hands, and there's a quote every single week. Okay. So there's always by some really there's just I'm inundated with uh, inundated with great quotes, um, and so I will go with uh, the Steve Jobs quote. Right, um, uh, dumb people hire smart people and tell them what to do. The smartest people, you know, smart people hire smart people and listen to them. So that's a, just a paraphrasing. And I think that's really what you got to do. Make sure you're surrounded by just really smart people, uh, align everyone on uh, objectives and let them run. Perfect. What's your favorite app on your phone? Uh, so I would say uh, I'm a Slack. I'm a big, a big Slack user. I, you know, I can't start the day without Wordly, um, but I would <laughs> say Slack, you know, after email and text and sort of your basic yeah. applications, you know, I'm, I'm a real Slack user. So yeah. I'll, I'll check out Slack a lot. Okay, great. What about a book? What is a book that has influenced extreme, your leadership? Yeah, I, I would say Extreme Ownership. Um, yeah. So that that's a very cool book. Extreme Ownership is a really good book. Um, uh, the Lighthouse Effect is uh, a book written by one of our board members, Stephen Pepperton. Um, great book. Um, a phenomenal story, uh, individual, but also a great book. Um, and I, I'm old school, so I've done like all of the Tom Peters, you know, all the all the old guys. If you yeah. look at my shelf, it's like packed with uh, you know with business uh, business books, etc., uh, that are also you know pretty exciting. Perfect. What advice would you give your 20 year old self if you could go back in time? 
Yeah, great. Um, I, I would say, make you know, no matter what you're doing, make sure you surround yourself with really good partners. And, and I mean that, like, you know, you got to have really good partners. Uh, if you're going to have KPIs and you're going to have objectives, sharing those objectives with people who are totally aligned to your to to your shared your shared goals, uh, and that only comes from a partner. Right. It's not employees, right? Employees, they have their own self and whatever that is, et cetera. But in life, you need to have a partner that's totally aligned with the way, you know, you want to get that, you know, with yourself and in business, you have to have a partner and make sure that whatever you're doing, you have an absolute partner to balance off you, uh, fight with challenge without any ulterior motive. So to me, that, that really is what a partner, there's no ulterior motive other than the benefit of the partnership. Yeah, perfect. The next question, our final quick fire question really is, is actually around um, who inspires you, right? Many of our best guests on the show come from referrals, right? CEOs who inspire other CEOs. So I'm always curious, you know, is there an inspiring, impactful CEO, you know, that you personally know you've, you've worked with or you've encountered, you know, who, who you'd, yeah, who inspires you, who might be a great guest for the show? Uh, great. Um, you know, I, I take in my personality from multiple CEOs um, and people that I've worked with. So there's the, you know, singularly focused, driven individual, which was a uh, Silicon Valley salesperson, probably one of the best biz dev people I've ever met with in my life. Could, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm an elephant hunter, you know, he's a dragon slayer. If I'm a dragon slayer, he's a, you know, a world conqueror. Uh, but then I've met great CEOs who are incredible storytellers. You know, they just build this incredible story. Uh, no matter the, the world is falling apart and they'll go, look, isn't it amazing how the world is really you know, able to now be rebuilt and like just incredible, you know, just absolutely amazing storytellers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just watched these individuals who know all their numbers and there's, there's the operational folks, et cetera, who just know everything that's going on in the business. And it's really great to watch each of them succeed in their own way and learn from them, uh, you know, what it takes to actually move things to the next level for yourself. And you're going to have to embody, you know, those elements and those characteristics into your own persona. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my final question is really around your next level, because one of my mantras is oh, no matter how much we've achieved, there's always a next level to get to if we can reinvent our own success formula. So first of all, where does Recruiter.com go, go from here as a business? You know, what's next for, for the business? So um, the, the, the fun part of Recruiter.com is we are a public company. Um, so we have a business and then the business of the business, right? So as opposed to, well, every company sort of has both sides. There's the operational side of things and then there's the business of the business. When you're a public company, it's a little bit more pronounced. Yeah. Um, so we're continuing to grow, you know, uh, you know, we did, uh, we, we did, uh, you know, 2 million in 2019, we did 8 million in 2020, we'll do over 18, uh, 20 million or so in 21, and we're going to double that in 22. So we're, we're really just uh, growing very nicely, very pleased with how we're growing. Um, just want to continue to really expand on our business, uh, make a lot of money for recruiters, uh, do a great job uh, with our clients, add more clients. Uh, we're over 300 plus clients now, um, just adding more and more and more every single month and, and continuing to deliver on our mission of recruiting talent faster and better. Uh, we've got some great software. So, you know, as our software gets better, it'll get easier. I think our My Recruiter product is really the cat's meow. 
So uh, I, I think that's going to be exciting and watching that really unfold. So I, I think mm-hmm. we're, we're really at the golden age of talent acquisition. And, you know, three years from now, every company uh, of size, you know, 25 plus people are going to have, are going to be spending money on an individual who's helping them manage their overall talent acquisition and retention. Very much the same way, Richard, that every company now is spending money on security. Yeah. You know, we, we take that for granted, but we didn't talk about security. In, in the 90s. No one did. Security meant the guy at the front gate who let you in with your badge, you know, and Michelangelo came around, which was an antivirus, you know, which was a big virus. And now everyone has antivirus, anti-spam and network yeah. protection and network intrusion. And we have the, the big companies that have a chief security officer, et cetera. And I think that every company is going to have someone focused on, you know, talent acquisition mm-hmm. and yeah. retention. And we're going to be one of those companies to really benefit from that space. Perfect. And, and how about you? Evan, how are you going to need to do things differently to multiply your own impact? Um, uh, it's, a, it's a great question. You know, the, the reality is that we're in mul- we have multiple facets of the company and really just making sure that we have great team members and continue to hire great people to really run those areas of the business. You know, we have a great software product. Uh, we have a great on-demand product. We have all these things mm. that get tied together. Uh, and really ensuring that we you know, continue to be very transparent to our own company, to our shareholders that we're headed to, uh, and really continue that overall growth itself. I have my own demons I have to you know, improve along the way, but really continuing to surround myself with just great people uh, as we you know, look to really build the company that we all know we could be. You know, um, I, I run around here uh, with the thought, Richard, that you know, Recruiter.com is a billion-dollar company. We're just not there yet. Right? Yeah. We really have the opportunity to be a billion dollar company. And yeah. my job is to help shepherd the company to get there. That's it. Yeah. Nice and simple. Perfect. Well, I was going to say, where do people get in touch? But I think in terms of getting in touch with recruiter.com, I guess you go to recruiter.com. Yes, uh, you go to recruiter.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Evan, E-V-A-N at recruiter.com. I, uh, I welcome the opportunity to talk to anyone in your audience. Um, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I got a, a nice profile there too. You can reach out to me on Twitter, Evan Sohn. You can email me at evan at recruiter.com. Um, and uh, if you're interested, you can go to recruiter.com. We've got plenty of information there uh, you know, to look at. Evan, hey, it's been fantastic. Thanks a lot for this tour de force as we've explored so many you know, fascinating uh, topics um, uh, at a pretty high speed, right? It's, it's covered a lot. We've covered you know, being bold, being human, being an owner. Data point is a trend. We've covered... Um, this whole question of temptation versus opportunity, um, you know, really figuring out what's next and getting good on that. And, you know, we've covered the whole story of Recruiter.com, you know, in, in, the, in the process. So I think we've covered a lot of ground. It's been really rich conversations. Just thank you for taking the time. Richard, thank you uh, for having me on your show and uh, looking forward to doing this again. Yeah, many thanks. Take care, Evan. Bye-bye now. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.